What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, lovely people. Uh, This week on the pod, uh, Bridie and I had the pleasure of speaking with Casey Donatello. And uh, we dive into the world of hot wifing. Uh, Surprisingly enough, something I didn't know a whole lot about. Uh, This is kind of like an old school throwback episode of Turn Me On, uh, where Casey brings us into her life. uh, And we dive into the intricacies of hot wifing, which, if you're not aware, is a, a form of consensual non monogamy. Um, and she goes deep, you know, explaining the differences between hot wifing and cuckolding and what's a stag and vixen relationship. Uh, super eye opening, very fascinating. And of course, I'm sure you'll love it just as much as we did. So uh, buckle up and we'll see you on the other side. Uh, looking forward to sitting down with our guest today, Casey Donatello. Um, uh, I the reason why I'm looking forward to this is because I think we're going to be covering something that I I don't think I have a grasp whatsoever mm-hmm. on, which is hot wifing. Oh, that's so uh, I've heard I've heard the term before many times, and. I feel like maybe I understand what it is. Okay, what, how about this, Casey? Can you tell me the difference between cuck being cucked or cucking and hot wifing? And is there any intersection or what's going on here? Well, okay. So a lot of times when you want to define something, depending on who you ask, you might get a little bit of a different answer. But or if you Google it, you'll find different definitions. But for me, hot wifing is kind of the big umbrella where a wife is allowed to have sex with other guys, or it could be women, but typically speaking, she's fucking other guys, and the husband is aware of it, approves of it, knows about it. Um, A cuck, specifically, is a certain type of dynamic where the husband wants to be humiliated, there's 
mm-hmm. you know, that aspect of it. He might not be playing. He might be caged and not allowed to come. He might be doing cleanup duties. But there's definitely that power shift where he is seen as a little more submissive and the guy coming in would kind of be the alpha. But my husband and I are a stag and vixen couple where we don't have that level of humiliation or anything like that. Like a stag needs a lot of respect and he shares his wife just because he enjoys it. It makes him happy to see other guys getting pleasure for her. But there is nothing that a stag is lacking sexually. Like he can totally satisfy his own wife. He just really enjoys sharing her. And in return, she gets off performing for him. And then they have really great sex together afterwards. So I think that a stag and a cuck are both part of the hot wife family. It just depends on how your behavior is and your relationship with the husband and the wife is, if that makes sense. Okay. And you would okay. never. This is also new for It would be stag, very Jackson. offensive to treat a stag like a cuck. That is going to be like the best <laughs> way to make me not want right. to fuck you is if you approach my husband as if he were a cuck. So it's really important to know the type of couple that you are getting involved with to know what their expectations are and what, you know, their rules and boundaries are because that respect factor is going to really be a game changer in, you know, how you deal with people. So it's it's not a one-size-fits-all dynamic for people. There's different ways. And then you can also have... So like a stag and vixen in our dynamic, my husband does not play. He just shares me, but he's always with me when I play. So every date I go on, he's there watching or participating. Then you can have a hot wife couple where the husband sends the wife out on her own. She has sex with a guy and then comes back to her husband. So there's a lot of different variations. And some people might float, you know, in and out of different arrangements. We're pretty strict on what our situation looks like. Okay. So fascinating. Okay. I have lots of questions, but the I want to just quickly ask about the participating or not participating aspect of like say going on dates. Um if if you go on a date and he's not participating, is he like right at the table with you or do, would he like sit at the bar and observe from a distance or does he need to be does he need to be able to hear all the exchanges as well? Generally, when we meet somebody for the first time, if we meet them at a bar, it's the three of us hanging out together the entire time. And he is always present for the play session. And in the play session, he might actually be involved in the threesome or he might just be watching me with the other guy. Or if there's multiple guys, he probably just watches. So he doesn't have like a specific way of determining what he's going to do. It's really just based on his mood, what's happening. Mm -hmm. If we are with one person there's a good chance that it's going to be an active threesome with all of us. If it's, you know, three or four guys, he's probably just going to watch because it's a lot for him to take in visually and he enjoys, you know, seeing the commotion. And he also feels that if we are on a date with multiple guys, he doesn't want to have sex with me and take time away from the other guys to enjoy me, which sounds really funny to a lot of people. He's like, this is your time with her. I live with her. So, you know, enjoy her. But then the guys will be like, Jason, come on. Don't you want to, like, get involved? So it really just depends on the vibe. Maybe he's really tired that night and he just wants to watch. You know, that's the kind of beauty of it is that it's always going to be different. And that's the exciting part, right? If we go on 50 dates, they're all going to end up with 50 different variations of hot wifing. So it keeps you on your toes. It stops it from getting boring. And it's kind of this like cat and mouse game between me and my husband because he's definitely a voyeur and I'm definitely an exhibitionist. So I like to push his buttons while I'm playing with these other guys and do things that I know are going to get him so turned on that he's going to want to play with me like while they're there. Like that's my goal Mm -hmm. is to get him to participate And, you know, he'll be holding my hand, he'll be 
you know, playing with my hair while somebody's fucking me. Like, even if he's just watching, he is still highly involved. It's not like he's just sitting in the corner checked out. Like, there is still this connection and this intimacy between you and your partner, even though somebody else is inside of you at that moment. And these are the things that people that are not into hot wifing listen to this and they're like, oh my God, how can you guys do this? It doesn't make any sense. You know, totally. I'll be in the middle of a gangbang and I'll look at my husband and he'll just say like, I love you, honey. You're so sexy right now. And to get to that point is really like a bold statement, right? That says a lot about your relationship that you can have those personal intimate moments with your partner while there's all these other people in the room. In the beginning, it was a little strange. We would like whisper it or, you know, like mouth it on the side behind someone's back. And now we just openly express our feelings to each other while we're with other guys and they think it's pretty cool actually because when you're the third party it's nicer to be with a couple that's really solid and on the same page and is really just enjoying this versus being with a couple where maybe they're not really getting along or they're doing this to fix something or they're not on the same page or one person is moody or one person is forcing the other person right like that always makes it a little uncomfortable for everybody involved. So I think the more a couple is truly having a good time, the more that resonates with the other people in the room and it just creates, you know, better energy for everybody. Ooh. Hi, okay. So thank you for laying that out. I, I mean, like a, a really great, um, a really great like primer for uh, the sort of setup that you have with you and your partner. Um, I, I, I think you're right. Like, I think, you know, for anyone who's not into hot wifing or, you know, isn't maybe probably not even familiar with nine times out of 10, you're probably going to get those types of responses of like, holy shit. Like, how do you guys, how do you do that? Or like, how does that, you know, how does that work? Or, you know, how, how can you enjoy that? You know, I think it like really fucks with a lot of people's uh, heads and minds um, when they hear this type of thing that's like not so not so typical. Um, but to that point, how how did you guys meet? How did you guys get <laughs> to a point where like like how did two people who find this thing that is atypical uh, so enjoyable? How did you guys come together? So we were both in the lifestyle separately before we knew each other. Ooh. I was a single girl, so I was a unicorn for a very long time. He was with somebody for a short period as a couple, and then they broke up, and then he was just a single guy in the lifestyle. So we've both had experience playing as couples, playing as singles, and we actually met just by like a chance of fate. We had a mutual guy friend that decided the three of us should have a threesome one night. So I showed up. I was living not in New Jersey at that time. And I drove an hour to meet this guy because my friend told me that I would definitely have the night of my life. And he had a play a full playroom in his house. So wow. I was kind of intrigued. And I said, okay, I'll give this a shot. So I show up. We have this like epically hot threesome. And then we ended up getting married like four years later. But no one expected that to happen. He wasn't setting us up to date. He just thought we would have like this one time night and that would be it. So the first time I met my husband, Jason, wasn't a threesome where he was technically sharing me with somebody else. But it's it's interesting how the first night we met, it was two guys and a girl. And now he shares me. It's two guys and a girl or multiple guys. So it's the same. Um, what's the word? Same kind of dynamic. Configuration. Right? But. Mm -hmm. There's a very big difference when the first night we met and we played as three friends, like just equal people versus you're playing as a husband and a wife with another guy. That bond that you have with your partner completely changes the feel of the threesome. It makes it so completely different. And that's the hardest part to put into words and to describe to other people like that excitement and that sensation and it's so much deeper than just having a threesome like with your friends and your pals or, you know, random people that you met on a site when there is that love. And, you know, a lot of times when we talk about marriage, 
basically society says if you're married you're off the market you guys are monogamous like no one can touch you now and we break those rules right so we are living outside of that and that kind of adds this like taboo sexy element to it where yeah normally other people shouldn't be allowed to fuck me because i'm married but now you have my husband like giving me the green light saying yes this is really hot let's do this so it makes it kind of magnifies everything with you and your partner, right? And in any relationship, you need trust, you need communication, you need honesty, you need loyalty, you need respect. But when you bring other people into your relationship, everything is monumentally more important and you feel everything more intensely, if that makes sense. So a lot of people Mm. on the outside will say, well, if he's letting you fuck other guys, either your relationship sucks you're not satisfied at home, your sex life is terrible, he doesn't respect you, right? But it's the complete opposite of that. Those are all completely untrue things. It's we love each other so much, our sex life is so amazing, we respect each other so much that we are able to do this and have it be a positive impact on us instead of like ruin our relationship, right? Because if you don't have that good foundation, this can 100% tear your relationship apart and just make everything like go to hell. So you need to be really open and honest and have all of these really painful discussions with your partner about every little thing that's going to happen, that has happened, that might happen on a date. And you can't like sugarcoat anything. You can't hide from anything So it makes you so much closer and also just you bond with people through shared experience, right? No matter what it is. So the fact that we are living this life together and we're going on these dates and sharing every play date together, that just gives you something that other people aren't privy to, right? Just those people in that room know what happened. And even if I tell you what happened, it's different than experiencing it for yourself, right? Like as the first, the first person, So it just creates all of these other layers of your relationship that you don't get otherwise. And it's not just, you mentioned that, or we both mentioned that people that are not into hot wifing find this like a little crazy, but it's not just Mm -hmm. the vanilla world. Even a lot of swingers, like traditional swingers that only swap with other couples Mm. have a very hard time wrapping their head around this. And me and Jason find this all the time. We'll go to events where it's couples only, There's no single guys to play with, but we just want to be in the environment where, you know, you can be in lingerie, you can, you know, have sex at a club or something. So we go knowing we're just going to have fun with ourselves. And we come across Mm -hmm. all these people that want to play and we try to explain what our dynamic is. And you just get all of these puzzled looks and this confusion. And, (laughs) you know, if you're not the typical swapping couple, some people can't understand that they're like well this is the only way to be a swinger i think there's so many different ways right Mm. life is constantly evolving you have thruples you have poly people you have all of these different dynamics and hot wifing now where i still feel like they all fall under the swinging umbrella right but it's just how you want to treat that because people also say well you can't be a swinger if you're single well i think you can if you're living your entire life by hooking up with other swingers, you're not dating vanilla, you're on all these swinger sites, you're going to swinger parties, like, why can't you? Just because you don't have a partner, that's gonna disqualify you from believing in this way of life, right? Because the lifestyle is, Mm -hmm. it's not just a physical action, it's literally like what you believe in and how you look at relationships and sex and all of these things. It's so much bigger And I think it's unfair to exclude single people for that reason, right? Because I was single for a long time and I was strictly lifestyle and I was looking for a relationship in the lifestyle. So there's a lot of, you know, misunderstanding and judgment sometimes about what like your typical swinger looks like nowadays. But like I said, things are always changing and you have to kind of be willing to evolve and stay open minded as the world gets a little more comfortable with these non-traditional dynamics. Mm. Yeah, because when I think of the umbrella of swingers, 
and and the importance of like language in the situation where you're meeting people and describing the dynamic. Like I've never heard, like I've obviously heard exhibitionist and voyeur, and it would make sense that those people would be drawn together as a couple. Um, and that this dynamic would make a ton of sense if you identify as an exhibitionist and your partner as a voyeur. I've never heard stag and vixen before so Mm. like even when you go to these events and you describe your dynamic and you say like stag and vixen do people understand what that is absolutely not and it's funny because we didn't even know that's what we were categorized as for a few years and then i just (laughs) happened to stumble upon some i was googling something online one day reading about something and I read this article about Stag and Vixen and I was like, holy shit, I think that's what we are. Like that makes so much sense to me right now. So, you know, sometimes you don't even know what you are. You just know what you're doing. And there are some Stag and Vixen couples, I think where the husband does play also with women on the side. But for us, we, you know, there's playing and non-playing Stags, but to me a Stag doesn't play, but that's my interpretation of it. So it gets you know, a little tricky because, like I said, how I define something is going to be different than how the next person defines it. But as long as it's somewhat in that realm, I would say then it's true to that category. But yeah, we thought we were just like a regular hot wife couple. We didn't know there were so many differences. And it starts to get really interesting when you start to break it down. But now if you are in a community where there's, you know, a ton of hot wife couples then yes, they're absolutely going to know what a stag and vixen are. If you're outside of that community, then they probably don't know what it is. So it, you know, all about education and awareness. And, you know, we're constantly learning things about other dynamics that we didn't know either, even though we've been in this world a long time. You know, you always meet somebody and they tell you something and you're like, oh, wow, I'm so glad you told me that because I wasn't aware of that. And it just, brings a lot more knowledge and understanding that, you know, everybody is so different nowadays. It's just, you can be anybody you want to be. You can date whoever you want. You can be whatever relationship you want to be. Like the possibilities are really endless. And I don't even understand all the dynamics out there because there are so many, right? There's different genders, Mm -hmm. different identities. And I think it's fantastic, but there are so many words and labels out there that it does get a little confusing sometimes. And it's, really important not to get offended if people don't know what you are or understand you have to be willing to just take a few minutes Mm -hmm. and explain it to them because how Mm -hmm. else are they going to know so you know it's so easy to get offended if somebody calls you the wrong thing but if they have nothing to base it off of like it's just it could just be a you know an accident sometimes and that's totally fine i have no problem just being like hey guess what that's not what we're into this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And most people are usually open to it. Some people still just don't understand it, but they're like, okay, good for you. And that's really, you know, all I need. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
I know that this, like, you know, we're talking about this from the vantage point of this being a an integral part of your uh, relationship with your partner, you know, an integral part of the way that you view yourself as a sexual being in the world. Um, but we haven't really touched on the fact that this is like, this isn't just uh, sort of relegated to your your personal life behind closed doors, but like there's, there's an aspect to all of this that is very much public um, and very much tied to like work that you do. Uh, do you want to give us a little bit of insight into like how your, your lifestyle, how your, your, you know, your, uh, the, the sexual sort of uh, choices that you've made have kind of seeped into your, your work life? Yeah, so many years ago, I think it was maybe 2017 or 2018, I ended up writing a book about my experiences in the lifestyle, kind of how I fell into the lifestyle and all of the emotional turmoil that I felt about being this person that was, you know, quote unquote, not raised to be a certain way, right? I was raised with really good morals, nice family values. And then here I am wanting to have sex with all of these strangers on the internet and be really (laughs) promiscuous and go to sex clubs. And for some reason, I felt so much shame about that. It was a really hard process for me where I felt like two different people, you know, you have this vanilla life where you appear one way and then behind closed doors, you behave a different way. And it becomes to the point where you don't know, like, who's the real me? right? Am I one or am I the other? Am I a combination of both? And I still think society, you know, treats women a little more harshly when it comes to being promiscuous than guys. That's just my opinion. And I think there is all this shame and this judgment. And like, I just struggled with it so much. So I ended up writing this book and it has, you know, sex stories in it and, you know, sexual um, adventures that I went on with people. So there's like juicy stuff in there, but a lot of it or half of it probably is just this battle with myself, my self-esteem, my insecurities. Like, why am I like this? I don't know how to set myself straight. How is anyone ever going to date me if they find out I'm like this? And then I wrote it and I got published and I didn't really do anything with it. I was kind of really ashamed that I wrote it. (laughs) I didn't want to admit that I wrote it. I don't want people to know that's really who I am. So it kind of just sat in the background. And then I ended up writing a second book. And that one focused more on me coming to terms with the fact that, yes, I do like being in the lifestyle. I'm going to own it. I started getting into gangbangs and playing with multiple guys. So I interviewed some of the guys in the book. And again, I published it and didn't really say anything about it. I just kind of left it in the universe. And then I ended up meeting my now husband and it was interesting because I had always told myself I wanted to keep writing until I felt peace and felt settled. So after I met him, he goes, I think you should write like the end of your story now. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Because I forgot all about it. He goes, don't you want to write a book saying that you found happiness now? I said, oh, you're totally right. So then I ended up writing a third book, and that's all about meeting my husband and our struggles to kind of find happiness together. And it ends with, you know, us getting married. But the interesting thing about us is that even though we met in a threesome, we were both in the lifestyle, like it wasn't all just, you know, kittens and rainbows in our relationship. We (laughs) fought each other so hard in the beginning. I was a total bitch because I was just so over guys treating me like garbage at that point. It was like the final straw. He met me at, you know, the worst possible time where all these years I was looking for a boyfriend. And then I had just given up when I met him. So he was a total sweetheart and he really wanted to date me. And I was like, man, I don't know about you. I don't trust you. I hate guys. I just want to fuck you. And he really just kind of stayed with me and gave me space and gave me time to come around And it ended up being the perfect match. But in the beginning, even though we knew we wanted to be in this dynamic where he was sharing me, we still struggled with how do we do that? What does it look like? What is your expectation versus mine? Because they were very different. So it took us, you know, a while to get on the same page. 
So things are great now, but it took us a while. It wasn't like day one, we were just perfect. So I think that's really important to explain to people. And in my writing, and then we also have the podcast now where we talk about all the same stuff. It's really important to tell people that your journey in the lifestyle or anything in life, right? It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be easy. You are going to have so many failures, you know, with the successes. And that's totally fine. You just have to learn how to adapt to them, learn from them, grow from them. And I like to really talk about a lot of the bad times that I've had and the struggles because I think that's reality, right? A lot of times you see on social media or maybe in TV that swinging is just so much fun. It's all sex all the time, hot people, orgies, you know, no problems. And that's so far from the truth. That stuff does exist, but it is a portion of what it's actually like. There is drama. There are feelings. There are, you know, nights of getting stood up. There are nights of bad sex. There are arguments with your partner. And if you don't know that going into it, I think you are setting yourself up for either a little disappointment or some problems, right? Like when you're involving sex in anything, shit gets crazy. That's just... Right. (laughs) Nothing with sex is ever simple. So even though we're out there trying to have no string sex with people, it's still fucking complicated. And there's so much drama to be had. So you really need to just be aware of that. And if you don't have a really good sense of yourself and your identity and why you are doing things, it's really easy to go down that dark rabbit hole and just completely lose yourself and not even know like who you are or what you're doing anymore And there's that fine line between being promiscuous and having fun versus, you know, feeling violated and vulnerable and used by people. So everybody, that limit's going to be very different. It took me a very long time to find my limit myself. And when you're testing it, there's going to be days where you wake up feeling like shit because you're like, why did I just do that last night? Like, what was the point of that? So you have to develop like this really tough... um, like core and just really know who you are because for me I that was my biggest struggle I just kept losing myself and not knowing what I was doing or why I was doing it and now I'm very clear on what my intentions and my motivations are so it makes it a lot Mm -hmm. easier to deal with everything that happens but people just want to focus on the physical part and it's not emotions and you know, your mental health is really important in situations like this. Like you need to be grounded and stable. If you are trying to, you know, fill voids or, you know, mend issues and stuff like that, it can get really, really problematic. You want to be coming from a healthy space and not like a desperate um, or negative space because those things are really going to impact how your journey goes. Yeah. I I wanted like pardon me for asking, but is this your like is this a is sex a your job? Like is there I know you're on um uh why OnlyFans. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh you mentioned that you write. Like it, has sex been a part of your work life before this or is or do you have like some other career that is like not even a part of this world well I used to have a normal job I actually went to culinary school so I was a chef for a very long time but I've been retired for a while so I've been in I guess the adult industry for probably like a year and a half the books have existed longer but actively being on OnlyFans and you know camming and doing lifestyle guidance and like sex education things like that probably like a year and a half I got really focused on it and I absolutely love it I think it is so important and so necessary and it's something that people really struggle with it's such a sensitive topic there's so much judgment around it even just the fact to be you know have my face out there saying hey I'm a hot wife. My husband lets me fuck a bunch of guys. Like, that's a big fucking deal for a lot of people. A lot of people in the lifestyle are still so secretive and so hush-hush. They're worried about what friends and family will think. And then you add being an OnlyFans creator, 
you could get fired from your job for that if people find out. Like, it's so stupid to me. Mm-hmm. But there is all of this necessary um, necessary needs. That doesn't sound right. But you know what I mean? Like, where people are not able to be as open as they want to be. And I totally get that. But we're lucky because we don't have kids. It's just the two of us. We have parents, obviously. But we're in our 40s. We're adults. So we had a very long discussion about what does that look like if something happens because I'm doing all these things, you know, mm-hmm. like, are we afraid of people finding out? Are we afraid of repercussions for stuff? And we agreed that we're willing to take the chance. We don't feel like we're doing anything inappropriate. This is totally normal for us. And I think the more that people are willing to come out and speak about what they're doing, right? We help to normalize things, right? Right. You see it a lot now for all of these, you know, you have people speaking out for like trans rights, different sexualities, different relationship dynamics, being poly, all of these things, right? We're moving so far from what is considered traditional. And the way we do that is by making us seem like we are not threatening because we're not. We're just normal people. But there is this idea that if you are doing all these sexy, kinky things, there's something wrong with you. You know, if people find out, they look at you differently. And it really shouldn't make any effect on how people are looking at you. If you're my friend and now you find out that I do this, like, why does that make you look at me differently? I'm still the exact same person. So I feel like it's really important to be out there and say, hey, this is totally acceptable behavior. We're not doing anything wrong. We're consenting adults. Everybody we play with knows what's going on. Nobody's being forced. There's always consent. So... Like, what is the big deal? Like, why is sex so, like, taboo still? Like, I don't get it. And if you look at other countries, (laughs) some of them are way more progressive than us. Sometimes we're more progressive than other countries, right? It just depends, like, what area you're in. But to me, I think it's so silly that being a sexually empowered person can be such a hindrance and can have, like these fucked up consequences for you like it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah i hear what you're saying i'm and i'm wondering um have you lost friends or people in your life because of like whether it's your lifestyle privately or publicly have you had people well the crazy thing is that we have not been busted for all like we're on social media i have a website we're on OnlyFans. i'm on all these interviews we have a podcast no one has said anything to us in our regular life. It stayed very separate, okay. even though we were waiting from like day one. I'm like, okay, when is it going to happen? So nothing has actually happened. In our personal life, we have started telling some people something. Some people know we're in the lifestyle and they're okay with it. Other people, it's like, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't have said that. But we don't, we only give as much detail as people want. We're not out there saying, hey, guess what we did last night? We just say, hey, you know, we have an open marriage. We're not monogamous. If people ask us questions, we'll give them more information. But it's not something that you need to flaunt every juicy detail, right? It doesn't really serve any purpose. So we haven't really lost too many friends. Um, You know, you have to read people. I'm not going to tell people if I know 100% they're not going to be able to deal with it. If I think they can handle it, I give them a little information. And it's just one of those things where we're not embarrassed by it, but other people are embarrassed by it when you tell them. So, you know, shame always is an outside source being pushed on you. I feel like it's never actually coming from inside you. If you're doing what you like, there's no reason to be ashamed of it. It's just how other people make you feel. And I used to be very, very swayed by that. So all those years where I thought I was so ashamed of myself, it really had nothing to do with me. It was just that I wasn't confident enough to ignore everybody for making me feel like I should be ashamed. And that's a very big difference. So once I ended up meeting Jason and, you know, we got very serious together, he was the one that kind of made me finally be okay with everything. Because my biggest fear was always, what guy is going to want to date me if they find out I'm like this? And then I found someone that didn't want to just date me. He wanted to marry me because I'm like this. And I was like, holy shit, like this actually exists where there is this world where I can be myself and I can be happy in a relationship. And that was kind of a game changer for me. And he's also the one that kind of encouraged me to put my face out there 
and not be, you know, just a name or just words. He's like, put your face out there. If you're not embarrassed, then go for it. And I was like, holy shit, that's a really powerful way to, you know, support somebody. Like, you're telling me that you don't care what happens now. And he doesn't. And that's been so freeing for me and so exciting that I can just be myself and I don't have to watch what I say and I don't have to have this fear of losing him because I did the wrong thing. And he has never felt the shame that I felt. If you ask him, he goes, oh, no, I loved being in the lifestyle. I thought it was the best thing ever. I never cared what people thought. And I was like, wow, that's really nice for you because it was the complete opposite for me. It was so painful for me. So some of it is just your personal way of looking. Sometimes you are affected by other things, but he's just always been like, it's not a big deal. Like, why do you give a shit what people say? So I think we're a good combination together where I know because we're both doing it, I feel like there's less heat on me because I'm like, Ooh. well, he's doing it too. So what's the big deal? <laughs> you know, you have that group mentality yeah. where it gets easier to admit something because you're only 50% <laughs> responsible for it. I'm like, you know, it's both yeah. of us. So it makes it a little mm. easier to vocalize that now for me, at least. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is, this has been really fun because it's like, this is, it, it it it's reminiscent of like early days of turn me on we haven't had a conversation like this in a while and it's uh yeah i just love you know i love getting a bit of insight and a peek into other people's sex lives that are outside of the sort of typical um uh the the box that society has sort of like deemed appropriate or deemed normal quote unquote right yeah, and if you have a quick minute, there's something else I would like to add about hot wifing, which we didn't cover really. So is that okay? Yeah, yeah. please. So we've yeah. been talking about like me fucking other guys, right? Hot wifing. But there is so much more. People want to focus on that part. But before the date and after the date are actually the most important parts of hot wifing because that is about you and your partner. So everybody's ritual is going to look a little different. But for me and my husband, he... Sometimes he picks the guys for me and I don't know who they are. Other times we agree on the guys. Like he's earned that right in my eyes to decide what he wants to see. So we'll plan a date and then he will shower me. He'll help me pick out my outfit. He shaves my legs. Like he prepares me like this gift for other people. So we're building this connection and it's a very intimate like part of this process together. Then we go on the date. We have the the sex session or whatever. And then the final part is going to be the reclaiming part. And that's like the highlight of the hot wife dynamic. This is what you're looking for. When you get to be like this filthy whore, do whatever you want. And then you go back to your husband's arms. He welcomes you back. And then he fucks the life out of you, right? You are reconnecting. So you'll hear reclaiming sex all the time when you talk about hot wifing. And that's what it means. And sometimes my husband will fuck me during the date. Sometimes he waits till after. It's again... It's whatever he feels like in that mood. But there's like the before the date and after the date. That's when we are really united. And the sex part is like fun. And it's it's a part of it. But it's not the only part. And if, if that's the only part that you guys are focusing on, I feel like you are missing so much of the fun and the beauty of this dynamic. It's so much more about your like your emotional connection than anything. And then... There's also um, like aftercare. So a lot of times people talk about aftercare and BDSM after, you know, a crazy session. But I like to say that it's important in hot wifing too. So after we have our reclaiming sex, we always kind of have a debrief about our date. What did we like? What did we not like? Was anything wrong? Did he, because he's into like a lot of like seeing like humiliation and degradation and crazy shit. So he'll say like, did I push you too hard today? We always have this really important check-in with each other and then he'll say what do you need from me and that's really really important because again there's that fine line between feeling like my husband just pimped me out and I'm like a piece of garbage versus my husband just pimped me out and I feel like a princess now right I want to feel like a princess after this so he needs Mm -hmm. to 
make sure that emotionally I feel very close to him. I feel that he is very happy with what happened that night. And I want to be rewarded for that. Like, that's the bottom line. Like, you know, Mm. as the vixen, your goal is to make your husband happy so that he, in return, wants to make you happy. It's this, like, little cycle that you have. So aftercare could be, I want to cuddle on the couch. I want him to shower me again. I want to watch a movie. I want something to eat. It could literally be anything. But it's really important Mm. that you end every date closer than when you started. If you miss any of these steps, it can kind of, like throw things off a little bit and if you don't address it quickly then it can just lead to you guys kind of feeling like apart from each other you know you never want to stop something and feel unsettled so if we have say we have a bad night together we will not have another date until we are resolved whatever is bothering one of us and it's really important that you have the voice to speak to your partner and say hey I did not like this like what are we going to do about it And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't need to lead to an argument or a fight or this massive blowout. It's about being honest and making sure that both parties are being heard and being respected because a lot of people look at hot wifing as it's all about the wife. For me, it's 50% about me, 50% about him. If one of us is not happy, then it's just no point for me, right? This is not a selfish Mm. lifestyle, even though a lot of people think it might sound like it is. It's very, um, it needs to be balanced and equal. It's definitely about both Mm. people as far as I'm concerned. And it needs to be like cherished and held with this, like it has to be treated like it's something very important because I think it really is. I think that's my favorite thing about people who do consensual non-monogamy skillfully is like, Mm -hmm. it seems really elevated from like traditional monogamous couples because you don't see a lot of traditional monogamous couples taking that kind of care in any realm of their relationship, let alone their sexual expression and relationship. Yeah. It's like everything you laid out there is like, you if know, we could it, all do it, that. Yeah, exactly. I never, yeah, right? Like, I mean, I, I never had those conversations with vanilla guys I was dating. It was just like all surface right. level bullshit. But now you have to have these things. And that's what makes you mm-hmm. get closer, you know? And it's it's pretty crazy. It's the complete opposite of what people think it's going to be yeah. or what, you know, they imagine in their head if they're not actually doing this. Yeah. I have one technical vocabulary question. The guys that participate in the threesome, what are they called? So are they unicorns? No. They generally they're okay. called bulls, right? So the guy would be uh, the bull. Okay. Now I read that for Stag and Vixen, it's technically a buck because a bull is a very dominant guy, right? So he's gonna come in mm-hmm. and kind of like take charge over the cuck in that situation. So okay. I've never actually heard anybody say, Hey, I'm a buck. You know, everybody calls themselves bulls, all these guys, no matter who they're playing with. And I'm totally fine with that. We play with a lot of guys that identify as bulls. That's fantastic. But when they play with us, they change the energy level a little bit and they know how to treat my husband. So I don't care what you call yourself, Mm -hmm. right? As long as we are all on the same page, it's just a word. Um, But yeah, I would say most people just use the word bull. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. Thank you. I mean, that's like the, you know, that's the the upside and the downside to labels. Yeah, like I'm not like, going to not, not have single... sex with you because you call yourself a bull. As long as you're yeah, with my husband, yeah. I don't care what you label yourself as. It's really irrelevant to me, you know? So yeah, labels right. can be important, but then they can also get in the way sometimes. So you need to be a little bit flexible. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, this has been great. Thank you so much, Casey. How, like, you know, people listening, uh, how can they find you if they want to kind of keep up with the the work that you do or fuck, who knows, get involved? Meet up maybe? with you. Yeah. <laughs> so my website is CaseyDonatello.com and then that has links for everything. It has um, all the books, the podcast, my OnlyFans, which is Hot Wife Life 869 and our OnlyFans page is all about being a hot wife. So you get to follow us on all our real life dates that we go on with all the guys we play with. You'll see reclaiming sex, you see solo stuff. So we like to make everything, the books, the podcast, and the OnlyFans. It's, 
you know, three versions of the same story. Basically, whether you like to listen, watch, or read, there's something for you, hopefully. Cool. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. Uh, well, thanks again, Casey. This has been a real treat. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turn me on podcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that sex toy, <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 